Stuttgarter Tor ist leer. Alles oder nichts. Das komplette Fleisch ist aus dem Grill. Auf dem Grill die Ecke kommt. Und er ist drin! Und er ist drin! Der absolute Wahnsinn! Der VfB Stuttgart bleibt in der ersten Fußball-Bundesliga. Schiebt sich vor. Welcome to episode 90 of Val FB Stuttgart Americana, an American-based English language Val FB Stuttgart fan podcast where our views are unofficial, uninformed, and usually unprepared. Matt, it has been just a few weeks, it seems like, since the end of another dramatic season. I am woefully unprepared. As soon as we started this episode, I saw you went through a coughing fit or a vomiting fit. I'm not sure which. Uh, how are you, are you prepared to start up yet another about Bay season? I didn't realize the season was starting this weekend until I was on Twitter this morning and saw the international account said only four more days and went <laughs> until what? And that's exactly why, folks, you should come to this podcast for all of your Val FB Stuttgart news because we are that informed right there. Yeah, fingers on the pulse. We're not <laughs> sure what else, but something. <laughs> Well, I'm Travis. I'm your host here. You can reach me at Hazelfish. He is Matt. He is the host here. You can reach him at Sail Racer. You can reach us at Valpy Americana. We have a cast of a few. We have Jeff. We have Austin. We have Ted. We have Rob. All kinds of people will pop on this season. Um, I don't know if I'm prepared or not, but Matt, did you hear that sweet new intro we have of the meat is on the grill? Oh, man. But. What better way to end the summer than a meat on the grill barbecue? Ecke kommt in Strafraum und da ist der Kopfball und es wird ein Goal! Borupanos hat den Kopfball getroffen! Mio im Strafraum ist Mio im Strafraum direkt schwer auf Magdomar und Magdomatris! Magdomatris zum 2-0 in der 51. Minute! Bona Sosa steht bereit, flankt in den Strafraum. Und das Girassi! 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 Tor! 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 Let's head into part one. I don't know if you enjoyed the other new music that we have. I don't know if it's music, it's a soundbite of the Vagnamon and Dinos and Seyrugol in the playoff relegation match that uh, sealed the deal last year. So every season, there's kind of a fun new soundbite we can put out about just how dramatic the season's going to go. I'm just impressed with the level of technical acumen you've achieved to have pulled that down because I took no part in that despite being a technical person. So just well done, sir. <laughs> well, I'm glad nobody was listening to the last half hours. You and I tried to remember all the passwords from all the, <laughs> whether it was Slack or WhatsApp, whatever it is we're talking on right now. It wasn't too impressive. We made it, though, and that's all that matters. That does. That is. So why don't we get into a little bit as to who we are and what we do? Um, like I said, my name is Travis. That is Matt over there. We are going to go through kind of the season of Vavi Stugart, the club, and kind of go through the games and all that stuff. We have absolutely, as Matt alluded to earlier, no expertise, no insider information. I sometimes call it football, sometimes call it soccer. I don't know uh, which one to call it. If you want inside information, there's the Valapi STR with Ricky and Sebastian. There's a Brewstring blog, Vertical Pass. Manu's got a, a thing on YouTube now. The guys at Over the Bar do a great job. Matt, there's all kinds of people out there if you want actual information. So what is it exactly that we're providing people who are unlucky enough to have found us on Spotify? I believe the kids call them hot takes. Oh, we we watch the game just like everybody else. We love this club and just feel really strongly about spreading the word of the greatness that is Stuttgart and the roller coaster of emotions this team puts us on. And it's really a couple. You might as well be with a couple of idiots in a garage having a beer. Like that's <laughs> functionally what we're going for. I think. Yeah, I'd prefer going to a bar as opposed to your garage. But I mean, the beer you bar. haven't been in my garage, sir. Oh, this is touche. The invite has not been extended. That's the way I <laughs> interpreted that. <laughs> Beer's free in the garage. Oh, man, that is 
these economic times, that's probably the better place to go. So if you listen to us, we will do Val FA bingo. Well, we will try to guess what the announcers are going to say during the matches. For example, uh, he no longer plays for us, but he's still on our payroll. Uh, Mateo Klimowitz, Matt, did you know? That his father played in Bundesliga for Stuttgart. Oh, it's always on the bingo card. <laughs> there you go. Um, we'll do pod predictions where I'm going to kind of brag a little bit. I'm a two-time champ. Matt, you were only two matches behind me last year. So, you know, for a guy who doesn't really understand at all how that works, you're doing pretty good. We're going to chat the Val Bay Frauen, who had a great season last year every once in a while. Uh, any OFC news? We're also an official fan club for Val Bay Stuttgart. And voting, uh, man of the match, for example, for the Pokal match was Enzo Milo by 60%. Uh, questions from the OFC, from any listeners who are out there. So, Matt, that's pretty much what we're going to cover. Anything else we got to throw out there? I think just uh, encouraging people to reach out on the Twitter box and interact. We do really look forward to hearing from people. Um, let us know stuff you want to talk about. If you want to make fun of us, um, you're probably right. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's some of the most fun that we have is just interacting with people uh, who make the odd, Detroit, odd choice to listen to this nonsense. Yeah, so let's get this nonsense going. Reingetankt in 16er und Kulibali. Jetzt kommt die Ecke rein. Warner Sosa. Wagnermann kriegt ihn da nicht. Und dann Tor macht vorne rein. Guter Ball. Und und Silas. All right, we're going to head to part two, which is the preview. Uh, but first off, that sound bite that we had in between our intro, I should say part one and part two, was the Silas goal to get the big draw versus Dortmund. And that kind of leads into... The first question I'm going to ask you, Matt, is how do you feel going into this season? I mean, Sebastian Honus at the end of last year said something I thought was really apropos about he had to admit that there was, quote, a certain emptiness because there was so much pressure. And then you realize that it's over. It, end quote. I, I kind of agree. The summer felt kind of empty a little bit. It was like mission accomplished, I guess. But we didn't have that same kind of positive hope that we had after the Legendo goal that kind of opened up this uh, program. So how did you feel after kind of the relegation playoff and how did you feel going into to the season? We, we talked about it at the end of the season that it just kind of felt like a, a relief and more like, Oh God, the bad thing didn't happen. <laughs> and less of a celebration of we're staying in the league. And I think just the chaos of the season and the churn at the coaching position and in the front office and stuff, it was really it it took a toll it aged us uh in ways that were ungood um, <laughs> but but because we're a positive energy operation here uh at americana studios <laughs> i did some digging and i have reason for a great deal of hope do you realize we have not lost a game since march 18th which was a one no loss to wolfsburg whoa that's 150 days without a Stuttgart defeat. And the last time we lost before that was March 4th, which is only 14 days. But look how much progress was made. <laughs> I'm excited by the simple <laughs> research that you did right there. That's amazing. That, that took me like three minutes on Google. I mean, the level of commitment I'm showing right now <laughs> is unreal. This is why you've been on this episode, this program more than anybody else. <laughs> it's as you said, it's hot takes like that right there. But you're absolutely right. I'm gonna kind of Josh Jackson, who's in charge of the Central Texas group, they're an official fan club down there, uh, is the most positive guy you'll ever run into. So if you get a chance to chat with him on the Twitter machine or in person down there, just exudes positivity. And he basically said what you said is that they've got a good coach. They've got good players. They've got a good attitude. You know, what's not to be positive about. So let's dive into some of that stuff. <laughs> That's a little bit, maybe positive, maybe a little weird. Let's get into the off the pitch stuff, because if you're a Valpe Stuttgart supporter, this is always the most fun because there's always some drama uh, somewhere. So let me just throw a bunch of stuff out there for people that haven't been paying attention, like 
quite honestly, you and I over the course of the summer. But uh, Veril and Volgamut are still here. They've announced a new strategy that they're going to shake up the scouting department. They're going to try to fix the inconsistencies in performance, efficiency, and resilience. Uh, those were their words. Characters that were related all to, quote, team maturity. Uh, they're going to try to develop players who they know want to leave but have a connection to Valafe so that they want to stay there longer than maybe two, three, three years. So kind of develop some homegrown players a little bit more. Um, they're going to try and find a director of sport, which sounds pretty exciting because we haven't had one you know, since, I guess, November when Sven left. Uh, there's the alliance of global brands, Porsche and Mercedes-Benz, all coming together. Uh, we've got the new arena name, the very... I mean, it's just rolls off your tongue. MHP Arena uh, there. There was the diversity focus for the first time ever. Valve Stugart was part of the CSD Pride Parade in July. We've got the new kit. We've got the new sponsor. Throwing a lot of stuff out at you. I feel like we've got some building positive momentum. And that makes me feel good. Um I want to call the the involvement in the the pride organizations um, in Stuttgart. It's really cool to see that, and this team has been um, amazing with the the jerseys that they've done over the years. But it's nice to see them putting some time and money where that effort is, especially when we hear news of some of the other clubs in Germany and some of the stuff that's going on there. It's nice to know that ours are the good guys uh, in this fight. So that's positive. And I do want to say I called it with Porsche. Oh, you didn't did. quite you didn't did. quite get it with the shirt logo i still think it would have been epic to have the porsche logo as our on the on the bruce string but we do have an agreement with porsche um and so like i'm only half right but i'm gonna take it as all right yes and i'm not going to bring up the fact that you've been calling on rustoleum and red stripe for all those years too, but you did, come on, come on. <laughs> you absolutely did nail it with Porsche. So I love what Klaus Vogt said is this is quote, the champions league of investors, end quote. I just love, you know, that, that idea there. We may not qualify for the actual on the pitch champions league, but when it comes <laughs> to investors, we've got it. So Porsche and Mercedes Benz, two competing companies in the same Stuttgart region have come together to both be anchor investors in the club. Now Porsche isn't officially a investor like Mercedes is, but they're putting in some money. They're going to focus more on the youth teams, whereas Mercedes will stay with the senior teams. Um, Yako, which we finally learned how to pronounce this summer when we talked to Simon, the uh, international <laughs> affairs advisor for uh, Valpe, is the third one there. So this is actually a really interesting move by both parties, Porsche and Mercedes, to come together to support traditional club in the area. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. No, I, absolutely not. I, I certainly didn't. Um, I figured we'd be trying to get one or two big sponsors. I certainly thought they'd be really angling to get Mercedes back. Um, it's really interesting. So MHP Arena, you said they're MHP are associated with Porsche. They're a fully owned company by Porsche. Mm -hmm. And if you look up their stuff online, it's MHP quotes a Porsche company. So like we, Functionally, have Porsche Arena on Mercedes Benz Strasse, which is kind of hilarious. Yeah, um, it's but exactly also pretty cool. Saying. Yeah, and it was cool of Mercedes. They had a very sweet deal with the naming rights of the stadium for the next decade, and they gave that up free of charge so that MHP could take it over. And so that's more money coming into the club. Now, it's not money that's going to help us purchase, you know, I don't know, this Harry Kane guy out of England. <laughs> But it's money that's going to kind of help with the youth program and help make up some of the differences that might not have been there. Um, Shakeup of the scouting department and the focus on homegrown talent, I think, is a cool idea. I don't know how legit that is at that point or at this point. I think we've always tried to do that. I think there's a little bit too much negativity brought on the number of, I guess, French players that Sven brought in. I just, mm. I, you and I talked about this that if, the homegrown talent was that good. The Lillian Agloss and the Casanerises would have beaten out those guys. And it just hasn't happened. I, I think we all agree. We'd love to see more Stuttgart area players up there. So I'm totally down, you know, with that, but that doesn't mean a guy like Endo who came from the Belgium league 
can't identify mm -hmm. with with valid bay so i i understand what they're trying to do i don't really think it's that big of a shift the new kit let's jump into that really quick so at first there was no sponsor for the new kit um it looks a lot like the 125th anniversary relegation kit which had <laughs> me kind of scared when it came out uh it really grew on me the more it came out i wasn't that excited uh when it came out if you've not seen it it's got the red stripe as we all know but there was no logo sponsor on it at first and i thought this was brilliant of the club to sell uh the kits initially just to get them out there it just created a yeah. ton of buzz the red away one is just red and i appreciate what yako is doing with the topography of the region is kind of the background of it honestly these are of the ones they've made probably the least impressive of the ones you know they've made but let's talk about the big elephant in the room once they got the logo on it um you said it was neat that we're on the side of the good guys when it came to the diversity parade and all that stuff and that's absolutely yeah. it i like what hannah said about this when we sent out some ofc surveys he's like communication still isn't great with this club and david said uh, david small said Did you, have you ever seen that movie married to the mob it feels like Verrill's very at ease with the new less than savory partners here so by the way married to the mob great great movie um but yeah it's it's weird because the winamax if you're not familiar is a betting company out of france and so when it was revealed that they were going to be the logo sponsor for the next i think it's three years for about eight and a half million euro the reception was less than exciting. It's it was interesting to see that we went with a betting partner. When you see teams uh, across the English leagues pushing away from sports books pretty hard, and we're seeing a lot of stuff going on in American sports with players getting in trouble for betting on games that they're playing in. Um, one of the most hilarious stories in sports right now is that players for the Iowa Hawkeyes football team on the offense were betting the under in their games because they knew how bad their offense was. And oh, wow. college football fans will know Iowa's offense last year was one of the most anemic and depressing things to watch in the history of college football. Um, but yeah, they all bet the under. So it's the, as you said, the diversity stuff is awesome. The, this lining up of all these partners, and I feel like we're, we're seeing the fruits of having a marketer um, up in the front office with that. But then this Winamax thing doesn't feel great. Like the money is nice, but it doesn't feel great to have like Marlboro across <laughs> our chest. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. It's it's really bizarre because you and I have always said that Veril seems to be really good at the marketing aspect of stuff. And by all accounts, he has brought in cash, 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 that there's more money coming in this year from the different sponsors they brought in. And we've missed a few than we've had the last few years. So even though Mercedes Benz left and that was about 16 million euro that was gone, he was able to get even more than that in by bringing in all of these different companies. And Hertz of Berlin went with a betting uh, logo as well, but they only got like a million euro out of theirs. We got eight and a half million out of it. There's two things to look at here. It's I think Sam Snyderman said it, part of the OFC. It's hard to criticize a betting company when we would have been okay with a beer company, right? There's there is that moral slope I can see there a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't feel great about it. I don't think I'm going to get a Winamax kit. The funny thing is winning cures everything, right? And this decision to go with Winamax is the first time that I felt that our club has become a lot like an American club where it's all about money. And that doesn't make me feel great. That yeah. That makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, it's the and the beer thing is interesting because my knee-jerk reaction is well beer is part of German culture. But then, like, if I really think about it, it's, I, I'd be okay with beer because I, I like beer and I don't care about betting. <laughs> oh, there, there's that. I wonder how much we were able to leverage the fact that we do have French players on our roster to get more money out of a French-based betting organization. Oh, yeah, it could be that. It could be that 
uh, Winamax just opened up or had access to Germany as a market. It's hard to tell. It's, it's one yeah. of those things that it's almost like when last summer Barrel announced that Kadira and Lom were coming back to the club. And in his mind, he's like, this is going to be a home run. And he didn't understand why people were like, eh, this means Sven's out. And also Christian Gettner's here, who isn't terribly popular with a certain segment of the fan base. I think yeah. in Verrill's mind, he's like, listen, I just brought in somewhere between 15 to 20 million euro in a market that doesn't have that much money. Everybody's going to be super excited about this. And then it showed up and everybody's like, eh we really don't, you know, we really don't like this logo. It'll be curious to see if they continue to win, if that changes. Um, I think, and I was talking to the over the bar guys about this, that the expectations were so high for the sponsor, for the logo, that it was going to be almost disappointing no matter who was there. I think all of us had this like crazy idea of what it could have been whether it was Porsche, like you wanted, or Stuttgart or Hofbra, like I was kind of hoping for. I think our expectations were so wild that anything might have been a little bit of a letdown. So at least Verrill went all the way into the letdown. He's like, I'll show them. I'll make them all feel awful <laughs> here with Winamax. Also, it just looks like something you and I would have made for our website. It's very block lettery. It's not very exciting. Um, I could probably wear it in the U.S. and people are like, oh, you win. A lot. Winamax. That makes sense. That's the, if we aren't winning this year, the jokes are going to write themselves. Oh my God. It's going to be so, so bad. So despite all of this, there's cash, cash, cash coming in to kind of help fill some of the holes that uh, Valpe has had. Leave, uh, as we usually do, the off the pitch stuff with the kind of a transition to on the pitch. These supporters have been amazing despite all of this stuff. Over 33,000 season tickets have been sold. That is the fourth most in the Bundesliga behind Frankfurt, Dortmund, and Bayern. Actually, Dortmund is, is first in that one. So we do it every every time. We kiss up to these guys like crazy, these gals like crazy. But my goodness, two lousy years in a row. Management that's not terribly popular with a large segment of the population but these people show up and they show up hard. So Matt, just shout out to the supporters and their never ending support of this club. We say it all the time. We have the best fans in the league. The traveling is incredible. And this is just one more indication that the people in Stuttgart love this club. You know, before we move on to on the pitch stuff, I do want to tell you, um, I did order the kit without the logo. Mm hmm do you think, uh, am I wearing it now? I think no. you're a sucker. <laughs> I know. I ordered it without the logo. Uh, do you want to guess how many weeks ago I ordered it? Uh, regardless of how many weeks ago you ordered it, I think it might be here in time for Christmas. <laughs> it was four weeks ago <laughs> I ordered it. And the funny thing is I emailed the service department and they got back to me today. And they said that, well, international shipping takes some time. It's still processing. It hasn't left Stuttgart yet. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, so, yeah it's good to know some things don't change so all right let's move to on the pitch stuff so we've got some goings loanings and some people who have been invited to leave so uh Koulibaly is gone Tiago has gone to Wolfsburg uh Florian is the backup in Freiburg uh Kual has gone back to Australia we loaned Wahid uh to Elversburg in the second Bundesliga Omar is in Turkey. Juan Pereira is in Hansa Rostock in the second division. Uh, Maglika, who was the best defender in the Swiss League, is now with Darmstadt. I wasn't a big fan of that one. And then Luca, Momo, Clinton, and Gildias have all been invited to league. They're no longer <laughs> no longer in practice. Um, any comments on any of those guys that are gone, either permanently or just for a bit, or we're kind of waiting for them to go? Reading through that list uh, earlier and then just listening to it again, the only one that really jumped out to me is it's nice to see Wahid Fagir get an opportunity somewhere. And he's has struck me as a guy with a lot of promise who just couldn't quite break through. So hopefully with some first team time and some good game time, he'll get some confidence. He'll build some 
skills and come back and shine for us next season. So I'm glad he's getting this opportunity because I don't think he was going to break through uh, and sitting on the bench for us isn't going to do him a whole lot of good. Yeah, I'm excited about him. His first game, he scored a goal for Elversburg, who was just promoted from the third tier to the second tier. And then in the second game, it was actually Elversburg versus uh, Hansa Rostock. He had two goals that were ruled out because of offsides. And then Juan Pereira came on and scored two goals in the 90th minute to give Hansa the win there. So hopefully those guys can get some magic and get some uh, game experience like they weren't going to get in uh, with the senior club. The one that's always a mystery to me is Gil Diaz. I don't know yeah. what this guy did to everybody. He just may, maybe he's one of those guys who can't read the room wherever he's at. He says something, but he looks the part. He's been on a million teams that have been good, but man, that guy. He's he's still listed on the team site too, <laughs> which is, and the, the team website, if if you guys want to see something interesting, there's a handful of players who have just a shadow silhouette instead of their picture. And it's Alexander Nubel, which, okay, he's new. It's Joshua Fankdemon. It's Kostasinos Mavropanos, Hiroki Ito, Borna Sosa, Wataro Endo. Why don't we have their pictures yet? What's going on? It's giving me a little bit of a panic attack. Oh, yeah. Siru Jirasi. Jeez. <laughs> Oh. Denny Zundab. None of these guys have photos. What the heck? That's not great. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, maybe the tech guys are working on my my kit. <laughs> they're trying to send it <laughs> to the States, and they're a little busy uh, with that there. But, yeah, good luck to Wahid. Good luck to Juan, Omar in particular, and uh, Magliga. And uh, Tiago is probably the one I'm going to miss you know, the most, but we talked about him before. Uh, cool, Bali still hasn't found a club yet. That's that's surprising yeah that's kind of bizarre so hopefully he can find somewhere to suit up for pretty soon guys that came to Valpe so Roberto Massimo is back from Portugal Max Middlestadt is a defensive player we got him from Herta Wu Yang Zhang is from Freiburg an attacking midfielder Jamie Leveling is an attacking kind of midfielder from Union Berlin on loan but we do have a purchase option uh, Dennis Undav was the big one. Unfortunately, his knee didn't hold up. He's on loan from the Premier League. And then Alex Nubel is from sort of Bayern, sort of Monaco. He's on loan for sure. Of all those guys, who are you the most excited about or were the most excited about? I'm, uh, for entirely stupid reasons, I'm really excited about Wu Yang because I feel like I can make you who jokes <laughs> and Wu Tang jokes. Mm. And I'm just looking forward to a lot of fun with this dude's name. And also in the limited highlight clips that I have seen, he looks pretty good. Yeah. The one that I was super excited about, which I think most people were, was uh, Dennis Undop. He looked amazing and he didn't even make it more than I think 30 minutes in his first friendly before he blew out his, his knee. So he'll be back. Yeah. We can't have nice things, Travis. No. And he, I think, played for six years in the Premier League or thereabouts, Belgium and the Premier League. Never an injury with us for a week and his knees out. So he won't be back till probably December, January there. So the one that I, Alex Newbell is probably the one that I'm kind of excited about, but we'll talk more about him uh, later when we break down the players. Let's get into some rumors real quick. There's rumors on Borna. There's rumors on Dinos. Rumors for a bit on Hiroki. Rumors on Seiru. Seiru had the buyout clause, but that has passed. So we seem to be able to have him, under our terms at least, through the first half of the season. Uh, Hiroki had some ties to Ajax, but it looks like, uh, well, Vogelmoot said no, he's not going. Uh, Dinos has been kind of tied to everywhere and Borna's still here. Uh, we got injuries. Nardi is out for the rest of the 2023 season, at least. Undav, we already talked about, and Joshua Vagnamon's got a couple weeks for his foot to get repaired, so he probably won't be back till September. Um, any of those guys, you know, any of those rumors you worried about, any of those injuries you think might uh, come back to haunt us early in the season? I hope none of the injuries come back to bite us, but one of them will because one always does. Um, the the one that I'm most interested in right now is the uh, Sarah Jirasi one. Um, 
I did read this morning that the only reason he isn't gone is because Newcastle screwed up their paperwork submission timing that they wanted to buy him, that they were set to buy for the buyout purchase fee, and they just didn't get it their stuff in in time for his buyout clause to expire. So I wouldn't be surprised if Newcastle at the winter break is looking for a little more firepower if they come back because they seem to be very interested in this dude. Um, But my takeaway from reading the story was, I'm glad it's not us screwing up like this for a change. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Great. Yeah. So they can buy him, but it's going to be over the 15 to 20 million, you know, now because Valpy controls that at least for the, the, the transfer window. Um, that good. I know they, we need him so bad. The he's the obvious answer. Josh Vagnaman Vagnaman played so well at the end of last season that it pains me that he's going to be out for a few weeks. I'd really like to see him uh, get in there as soon as possible because when he was in there, we just looked so dangerous with him up and, and down the pitch there. So, well, and the worry with Vagnaman's got to be his injury history too. It's this guy just has a hard time staying fit and on the pitch and you just, you really feel for him, but we also really need him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Especially if you leave the defensive aspect of it, uh, losing Dinos or Hiroki would hurt. We're just not very deep at our center back position. So losing one of those guys either to a transfer or to an injury, all of a sudden Danny Axel is, you know, starting all the time and, we're all hoping he gets, you know, uh, much improved, but ugh, I'd much rather have one of those two guys out there. We saw a lot of those guys out there during the preseason friendlies. We had wins over some of these names are fantastic. Hole and low. <laughs> Your old favorite club, Reutlingen. I did not pronounce that correct at all. Uh, Vitez, nope. <laughs> they missed that one up. 1860 Munich. I think it did okay there. A big win over Sheffield United. We did lose to uh, Gladbach in a mini tournament. Uh, you said something on Twitter about these friendlies. Any of that mean anything at all to you? I think so. The success in the friendlies has got me a little bit excited. Probably has a lot of people a little bit excited. Um, I think my general thought on them is that when they're going bad, it spells doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. Um, for some and for most people, though, it's like, ah, eh, they're friendlies. Don't worry about it. And whenever they win, everybody says this means that we're going to be the best team ever. So, uh, if you're you're in column B, I would say temper expectations a little bit. If you've chosen doom and gloom, um, come on, man, <laughs> have some fun. Uh, I I think we ended last season on a real positive note. I think we've got positive momentum moving. I think this the team's set up for success this year, and it's just going to take a little bit of luck and some good execution. Yeah, the Sheffield United game, they looked really strong. The Bollingen-Pokal uh, match that I watched, they looked really offensively strong. It's a fourth-tier team, which they should have. So you've got to like the the roster so far. So let's jump into that a little bit. Uh, let's start with the goalkeeping. Uh, we've got projected starters should be Alex Newbell. Uh, Simon will probably be on the youth team so he can get some game time. Uh what are your thoughts on on this guy going forward? That the stats say he's very good at what Florian struggled with, which is crosses into the box. That seems to be his strength. Uh, very physical on corners and crosses. Struggles on shots from distance is the word. The games I saw, he was a little nervy in the back there. But what I liked was how he did start the offense. He did have some really nice building from the back when he could kind of control that nervousness a little bit. And I don't think we've really seen that since Gregor Cobell a bit, but he had some nice plays with his feet. I don't know if he's used to having a shaky defense like we'll probably have relative to Monaco, relative to Bayern, Mm -hmm. where he's been uh, before. So definitely an upgrade over Florian. You would think it's definitely an upgrade over Fabian Bredlow. Any thoughts on uh, the new goalkeeper that we're only – gonna have for one year well if he's got some some better ball distribution that'll be really helpful because we had a lot of wasteful um possessions due to just garbage ball distribution um and some of the stuff like the the goals from distance that's something you can coach out of a player if 
at least coachable. And if we have somebody uh, effectively doing that job, if not, we've always got Bobby and Bredlow sitting behind him. And we saw last year, Bredlow is a reasonable, solid, if unspectacular keeper. Um, and I think we have some reason to feel better about our defense this year. We were looking at Anton and Mavropanos starting as their center backs who are at this point, a seasoned duo mm -hmm. used to playing together, which is huge. Um, Bogdan and Stenzel at the right back spot, uh, Zagadu subbing in at defense, which aside from his one backbreaking <laughs> mistake, every game is a pretty good spot to be in. And then, Ito playing everywhere and Sosa at left back. Like that's a pretty solid defensive lineup. I feel pretty good about this, which is not something I've been able to say in years past. There's a lot of international players in that group. You just mentioned too, uh, by the way, Endo in the matches I've seen, he's been up and down the pitch, both offense and defense. Uh, Hiroki, the same thing. He's been playing up front quite a bit there. Yeah. If they can stay, healthy which is always the big what if over the last two years with this club you've got to like and, and middle shot who came in from herta i don't think is a spectacular player i think he's kind of in that stencil mode like a better version of stencil he's kind of the left back in case uh borna is to depart or to get hurt which he sometimes does but between all those names you've got to be pretty positive about you know where they're at and i like what you said we're still the youngest team in the Bundesliga as of today but you've got guys that have played two three years together so even mm -hmm. though they're young they've got three years of Bundesliga experience so it's not like these guys are brand new to the league that's got to count for something back there I think that'll make a big difference in just their composure and then defense is so much about communication between your defenders and knowing where your partners are going to be at and that's really underrated. <clears throat> so having Anton and Mavropanos know where each other are going to be, just knowing instinctually, this is where this dude's at. So I can do this. I can make this move. I can make this play because I know my buddy's got my back. That's invaluable. So the, the experience, the time together, that should be clutch as the season goes on. And the other guy we didn't mention in the midfield there is Ada Karazor, who has become just kind of a rock in the middle and is allowed Watoro to go up and play a lot more offensively than maybe, you know, he would be able to do if Otto cares or wasn't there a bit. So the defense looks pretty solid, even though they're young, they've been playing together for, you know, quite some time. So let's move on to the, the offense here. The, the player that I think a lot of people are excited about, and I'm going to put myself in this camp is Enzo Milo. He just looks outstanding in camp and he looks to be that number 10 type player, that attacking midfield creative player that we haven't had since we've been supporters of this club, to be quite yeah. honest, there's always been that guy. We're like, well, you know, Alex Maxime, he's going to be that guy, uh -huh. you know, type of thing. And it just never pans out. This dude looks the part. He's looked fantastic during the preseason. I have been uh, a skeptic of Milo for a little while, just because it seemed like every time we got excited about him, he'd disappear or he'd have a really, really bad game. But watching the Pokal match, dude looked like he was on another level. Just cool, calm, and collected. Looking like he was going at half speed all the time and ripping by other guys. I feel like he might have finally put it all together. And this is his like fully weaponized season, which should be very exciting to watch, especially with Jirasi up front. And those two had some fantastic interactions um, and ball exchanges during the Pokal match. The nice thing, too, is behind Enzo, you've got Jamie Leveling, who struggled at Union Berlin, but had a really nice season prior to that at Furt. You've got Wu Yang, who is a fun name to say, but everybody loved at Freiburg. And Lillian Egloff and his bowl cut that everybody wants to have a great season, who looked really good in the preseason. So you've got to like the midfield, at least attacking players, especially when you combine them with the out-and-out attack players. You got Furich, you got Silas, you got Seru. That's six, seven guys who look pretty good. We've got a lot of options there. My my hope really is that we either don't need to exercise any of those options 
or that we're not afraid to exercise some of them because it would be a real shame to go through another extended struggle session of Furich putting his head down every time he gets the ball and not giving somebody else a shot at that spot because it's not going to put any pressure on Furich to do better. And it's also like we know what the result's going to be. It's not great. And then those kids aren't going to, the guys that are behind them, the Egloffs of the world, are not going to be motivated to stay and keep pushing if they don't think they've got a realistic shot at field time. I like what you said about the motivation. So, because some of the guys have looked just fantastic during the preseason. Uh, Endo has looked his usual fantastic self. Silas has looked really good over the course of the preseason. Enzo, like we talked about, has looked really good as well. You know, Seiru's looked his usual, you know, awesome self. But you're right. It's like if Seiru did go down or if somebody exercised that transfer, who's going to step up for him? We have the kid, you know, Jovan Milosevic, who could step in at least in the roster there. It looks like the club has moved on from Luca Pfeiffer. So we do need some help there. But some of these guys look good. It looks like Silas is finally back from what he was before his knee. And I don't think any of us anticipated it. Maybe you, because you've gone through a, a similar kind of injury, that it would take this long for him to come back. But he's looked really sharp over the course of the preseason. So I'm excited about the attack. I think we're a little lacking in depth at the defensive end. But with Alexander Newbell you know, being the uh, upgrade at the goalkeeping position, I'm hoping that that's a steady force back there. So I think there's a lot of optimism with this particular lineup going into the season. I don't think we have a whole lot of room for a whole lot of injuries. Got where maybe realistically one or two deep, probably one deep at most spots. And that one is already starting to be a drop-off. But... um. The guys we look for protect, projected starting lineups look pretty solid, and it looks like we've got two or three realistic um, and promising options off the bench, and then some guys who are untested and unproven. And I feel like that's an okay place for our club to be right now. Yeah, let's talk really quick before we move on to kind of what we think the season might look like. Is there was a article in Kicker today about the potential lineup that Bob Bay is going to run? And we're used to them running some form of a three at the back. But it sounds like they might run a four at the back. And I thought this was really interesting. If they do a four, two, three, one, then Ada and Endo would kind of be in the front of the four protecting them. You'd have Dinos and you've had Anton, but it's probably going to be Zagadu going into the Boca match because Dinos is hurt a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Stenzel on the one side and Hiroki Ito on the, uh, the left side, which means Borna Sosa. Where does he end up playing? Now, he did not play in the Pokal match because he had a red card in the previous match last season. It's bonkers to think we could be in a scenario where Borna is not on the field. But if they do this 4-2-3-1. Could, he could play the, the left-back spot in, in place of Ito. He's an offensive upgrade on Ito there, but a defensive downgrade and a pretty significant one. So you've got to take that trade off. It's hard to think of, like he could obviously be in that front three on the left-hand side, but that's not been a place we've ever seen him. And is that where we want him? I Maybe um, it'd be interesting to try. You'd hope that he'd take more shots than dribbling the ball into the corner and making wild crosses. Uh which, you know, coming from a wingback spot makes a lot of sense for him to do. But if he's playing a, a attacking winger, he needs to be able to move it to the inside a little bit more. So, I don't know. I wouldn't – if I'm building the lineup, uh, we're playing football manager right now, I <laughs> don't know that I'd slot him in at that spot, but he'd probably be my first guy off the bench there. It's crazy, though, if Bourne is a bench player because of – the lineup as opposed to a potential injury. I, I don't think any of us would be prepared for that. It, it'd be weird. And I guess we, the thing that we don't know right now is what is Honus seeing in practice? What kind of stuff are they doing in practice? And has he found some latent ability in Borna Sosa that we haven't seen because all he was ever asked to do was run down the wing and cross the ball in? Maybe he's really good as an inverted winger who can also be a crossing threat. 
I, I don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And that's usually a good problem. If you've got that much depth yeah. or if you could consider sitting a guy like that going into uh, the regular season. So Matt, why don't we move on to part three and start talking about the season, see what we got coming up. So, Matt, we asked the OFC what they think is going to happen with the season. So what we're going to do is we're going to throw out a couple of preseason awards as to what we think is going to happen. So first off, we've got player of the season. Now, this was pretty close. It came down to two guys, Endo, 27% of the vote, and Seiru, 22% of the vote. You agree with that, disagree with that? Which one of those guys do you think is going to be the bigger impact? If Seiru can keep the scoring up that he had in the Pokal match and that he was doing at the end of the Bundesliga season last year and he stays for the whole season. Yeah. I think he's the runaway guy. If he leaves at the winter break or if we struggle on offense at all, Endo's an obvious choice because we know he's a rock at that defensive midfield position and he is the spoke upon which this team turns. So it's it's hard to argue with that. I did see uh, Enzo and Silas both got some votes. Mm-hmm. Um, great dark horse candidates, especially Enzo. Uh, you know, he's been he's looking like he's clicking, as we were just saying. So he could be our runaway star for the season. Yeah, all those guys played a big role in the last two matches against Hamburg too. So it's like I don't think you can go wrong with any of those which gets us to the offensive MVP. This was probably the easiest one to vote for. 63% of the OFC voted for Seiru Grassi. I, I think that's a no-brainer. Uh, the yeah. only thing that I think would limit him being that MVP would be he leaves at the winter break. Simple as that. Right. Yeah. I did like that one vote was for Hiroki Ito, though. So, <laughs> I mean, which actually makes sense. Our center backs have scored some of uh, our, most of our goals over the last couple of years. So if Hiroki is our offensive MVP, I think we're in a lot, no offense, a lot of trouble there. <laughs> Some things are going very right. And a lot of other things are going very, very wrong. Where Hiroki did get a lot of votes though, was for the defensive MVP. And I was a little surprised at the vote here. 31% of the vote went to Anton, 22 went to Hiroki. And then Endo received some votes as well. Valdi Anton's one of my favorite players on the club. I love his fight. I love his passion. Basically, Endo is the captain. Not basically. Endo is the captain. Anton is the co-captain. I think Endo is the heart and the brains of the outfit. I think Anton is the passion of the outfit. The guy, the guy who's willing to yell at people and tell them what to do. Do you think Anton's turned into a, a viable, legitimate Bundesliga center back at this point? Center back? Yes. Uh, right back? <laughs> hard no. Hard oh, no. Oh, man. It's um, hard to believe. He, yeah, we're just a year removed from that experiment. <laughs> Not even like six months. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he showed when he was put back into his proper position of center back that he played well. And I think Honus is a, a better fit for him as a coach. I think the uh, – a back four um with him at center back or a back three with him playing the middle position um is a better fit for him he's not a fast guy he seems to have realized that and embraced it and that just means you've got to be better positioned and he was doing significantly better at the end of the season in that central back position i think ito would take this because he's a little more dramatic. Um, he makes a little bit bigger, uh, wilder plays. But I'll, I'll take it back to what one of my hockey coaches told me. If you're playing defense and people notice what you're doing, it's because you did something wrong first. <laughs> yeah, That we could use for the breakout player as well is 50% of the OFC voted for Enzo Milo. I voted for Enzo in this one. Uh, he just came on strong in brief glimpses at the end of last season. He just seems to be that midfield 
engine, even more so than Orel Mangala. We all used to love Orel, uh, but he had those moments where he would kind of disappear a little bit. It's still too early to say if Enzo is not going to do that, but he received the most votes here. Is there anybody else that was kind of on your radar for this one, or do you think that's the appropriate choice? I think Enzo is the right guy. Anybody else who would get it would be somebody that came out of the dark, um, like Lillian Agua for Luca Pfeiffer remembering how to football. Um, <laughs> Poor guy. And <laughs> Enzo's the obvious choice here. Yeah. The newcomer of the year, 40% of the vote went to our new goalkeeper, Alexander Nubel. He's only here for one year. Tim asked, you know, is Nubel actually an improvement over Bredelow? All the stats say that he is. I mean, he was on target to eventually replace Neuer in Bayern Munich. But when Neuer got hurt, I guess Bayern went to Monaco and was like, hey, can we have him back? And he said no. He wanted to stay in Monaco. So I don't know if he's not ready for the prime time, if he just doesn't actually see his future there. But if he is the newcomer of the year, that means the season's gone really well, in my opinion. He could have been in a position where – he thought, well, I could go to Bayern and I could play as the guy for four months. Mm-hmm. And then Neuer's back and they're not going to sit Neuer because I'm playing well. They're going to put him back in. And unless he's a shell of a human being, he's going to keep that job. So I, I get why Newbell wouldn't want to do that. You know, it's not like you've got a bunch of opportunities as a goalkeeper. Um, so I, I think if he's our player of the year, uh, that's great. Um, or our newcomer of the year. Also, I would rather it be somebody like Undav or Jiang because that means we're not under a lot of pressure. Ah, and good point. Newbell isn't having to make a lot of big saves and make a show out of being back there. So if he's quietly very, very good, I think that's phenomenal news for Stuttgart. Let's go to the placement on the table. Now, our first 10 matches, we've got Bochum, we've got Leipzig, Freiburg, Mainz, Darmstadt, Cologne, Wolfsburg, Union, Hoffenheim, and Heidenheim. So there's a lot of matches in that first 10 that are winnable matches. So the OFC, by 60% of the votes, said we're going to finish somewhere between 10 to 12. 23% of the votes was pretty optimistic, said we'll do 8 to 9. And there's one happy fellow who said we're going to finish in fifth, sixth, or seventh. I love whoever you are who said that. Rob <laughs> Rob Holloway said, man, I'll just be happy if we don't stress a relegation battle. What do you think? And do you agree with that 60%? Yeah, I, I think a, a mid-table finish is very realistic. The, the 10 to 12 slot feels pretty good to me. Um, if we're much above that, uh, that's very exciting. If we're into European conversations, I'm getting real scared about our roster depth. <laughs> um, but a, a 10 to 12 finish uh, was something to build on to take in the next year, I think would be a very successful season. I'm going to split the difference and say 12 to 13 on this one just to do it. it part of that is because the last two seasons have been rough. If we're around 12, 13, chances are we're doing okay. Uh, part of it is you've got Heidenheim, Darmstadt, Bochum, Cologne. Looks like they're struggling. So part of it is who is out there in front of us a little bit. Um, I'm in that usual preseason excitement mode where I'm like, you know what? Why not seventh place? <laughs> Just <laughs> completely ridiculous about it. But this gets into our final comments on the season. A lot of people said that they are cautiously, as Flabby said, foolishly optimistic going into this one. Uh, Peter from the OFC in uh, Omaha said the same thing. DC Vindeman said he was concerned about the depth, just like uh, you said. I'm cautiously optimistic on this one. I mean, on the pitch, it seems like we've got a lot of international players. It seems like we've got a lot of guys who are Bundesliga veterans, even though they're young. And we've survived the relegation wars the last two years, you would like to think they've got the experience to kind of break out of that. Heidenheim and Darmstadt look like they're the two easy choices for 17th and 18th this year. Cautiously, foolishly optimistic. I think about nails it, Matt. What about you? The difference for me this year is Sebastian Honas. We Mm -hmm. saw a guy who was willing to be flexible who was willing to make changes, who was willing to trust new players, give guys a chance last year, and who took a team that was in free fall, really, 
and calmed everybody the hell down. And that's really what we need a lot of right now is just a season of stability and like nobody freaking out. So <laughs> if Honus can, can keep that up, keep everybody calm and pointed in the right direction. I, we kept hearing it on the broadcast last season. And if Derek Ray says it, it must be true. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of talent on this team. And we've got talent that looks a lot like talent on the uh, Europa League and Champions League teams. We just haven't been able to put it all together. So I'm feeling real good about Onus. Um, That might be totally misplaced optimism and trust. (laughs) But it always felt a little bit like Matarazzo, as much as we loved him. Like, I was kind of like, is he out of his depth, maybe? Like, I don't know. Like, maybe he's got it. And then he who shall not be named came in and just <laughs> tore, tore the roof off the place. But I feel like the, with, with Honus, he's not coming into a bunch of fanfare. Mm-hmm. People aren't saying, oh, he's the next great thing. But they're also not saying, who is this idiot? People are just going, yeah, all right, that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, that might be the guy we need right now. And he might be the guy that keeps all the attention away from the off-the-pitch stuff, which you alluded yeah. to has been the one of the big issues with this club is, as things start to unravel, especially with Veral and Bolgamut last year, they didn't do a great job of calming the waters, so to speak. So if mm-hmm. Onus can get these guys off to a good start, maybe people will stop worrying about Winamax for a little bit. Uh, like Rob said, our friend Rob, he's like, he has, quote, full faith in the front office, end quote. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Rob was being sarcastic <laughs> on this one. Uh, Kai wrote something about the drama and chaos and confusion will be there like every year. Um, it's hard to believe it wouldn't be, but if Honus can do exactly what you said, keep everybody from freaking out by having this talented roster get some results, maybe we won't like Winamax, maybe we won't buy that kit, but maybe everybody will stop freaking out for just a few matches and we can just have a calm <laughs> season uh, for once because we started with with mentioning Josh. We'll end with mentioning Josh from Valpy Central Texas. We've had some good additions. We've got a good coach. I think there's a good attitude with this group right now. And yeah. that's what we always said last year is the guys on the pitch, they seem to care for each other. They seem to care how things go with each other. I get the sense that's still there. So, yeah, why not be cautiously optimistic and a foolishly optimistic <laughs> at the same time? I feel like there's less uncertainty with the on-pitch product this year than there has been the last couple of years. And like when, when Matarazzo came in, we we're like, who is this guy? And then we got a season of, Oh, we kind of like this guy. Mm-hmm. And then to start the his second year, there was already questions like, well, he almost died last year. What, like what's going to happen. And while Honus also <clears throat> almost died, he did it while climbing out from a tremendous hole. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like there's, less questions there and that makes me cautiously optimistic and i'm really hopeful that our chats this year are largely <laughs> that was pretty good yeah. yeah we had a couple missed opportunities and we we didn't win that one that kind of sunk but you know hey, the guys look pretty good yeah that uh seru guy looks like that the golden boot thing looks yeah. uh, pretty good on him right there so let's wrap this up with a real quick prediction on the first match of the season we are hosting bokum at home, opening match of the year. Old friend Philip Forrester, Asano are going to come in. They lost their opening Pokal match to the city that doesn't exist, Armenia Bielefeld. Oh, man. How, how do you lose to a non-existent team? That's fascinating. Right. And penalties, no less. So that's <laughs> good. Yeah, that's got to bode well for us. So we love to do this every episode because, Matt, you struggle with it every episode. <laughs> Bokum is the traveling team. What do you think the bookkeepers? Oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't look up Winamax for this. What do you think Winamax has the spread on for this one? I'm going to say Stuttgart by a goal. Stuttgart by half a goal in this one. So if you're not sure how this works, people out there, if you're going to bet on Stuttgart, if the final score was 0-0, you would lose because the underdogs are getting half a goal. But if it was 1-0, Val you would win because they would cover that half a goal. All right, Matt, going to put you on the spot. It's our first wager prediction of the season. 
How do you see this one coming down? What's the final score going to be? 3-1 Stuttgart. Asano is going to score one that's going to make it a little nervy. Um, but I don't see Bochum keeping up with us. I'm going to say that we're going to have another great goalkeeping start, just like we did last year. Remember Florian Mueller had that great opening match against uh, Leipzig. I'm going to go with a 3 nothing start in this one, just to be even more foolishly optimistic than I was a few <laughs> minutes ago. And then if we Love win it. this one, I'm going to be start. I'm going to start chanting about champions league. Cause the hell with the Europa league at this <laughs> point. So, that's for losers. Yeah, that's right. So Matt, any final thoughts before we uh, shut down episode one of the new season? I'm excited to be back. It's good to be chatting with you. Um, I'm excited that the season's starting cautiously optimistic and looking forward to some cheeky nonsense banter on the Twitter machines. Uh, Cause the only reason I keep that stupid app installed on my phone <laughs> uh, is to bicker with Stuttgart people. Uh, and it makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. You didn't uh, try to patent or copyright the letter X like somebody did. <laughs> well, he's going to have a hard time with it. Cause I think five or six other companies have already hold patents for it for various things. So Mm. or trademarks rather it's dudes making some choices out there well it's time to go to winamax and see what the odds on all of that (laughs) might be matt (laughs) thanks so much for joining us we'll talk to you next week hopefully after a big opening valet win thanks a lot man thanks travis 